Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We've been in our series. Um, In July, I wanted Wednesday nights uh, really... In our For the Kingdom series, I got a kind of a window into uh, worry, and I really want to talk about this the next couple Wednesdays because I really feel there's opportunity for us to overcome the worries of life. So many people deal with worry, they're concerned with worry, and I'm going to talk to you about how, how worry is worthless. You know what I mean? It's not helping you in any area of your life. We all have them. We, we all do it. You know, we'd, I'd, I'd like to sit here and tell you that I don't worry. I'm pretty good at not worrying, um, probably for the majority. But yeah, I got to work on it to overcome it. Because I mean, you know, it tries to kind of um, take access in your life if you're not careful. So I want you to overcome the worries of life. I want you to look with me. Um, we're going to look at Matthew 6, 31. In the Passion Translation, you know we started this for the kingdom, but I want you to see this because in Matthew 6, 31, it says something here that we started with and I want to talk to you about it. It says, so then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will you eat? What will you drink? And what will you wear? Forsake your worries. Man, that is so good. Look at verse 32. For that is what unbelievers chase after. Natural human means. That's what he's saying. Unbelie- the unbelievers chase after this stuff. They get worried about this stuff. They get concerned with this stuff. That should not be you. Doesn't your heavenly father know what you have need of for your body, what it requires? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given you abundantly. Now look at verse 34 refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way each day, one day at a time, because tomorrow will take care of itself. Amen? Isn't that so true? But how many you know, but come on, man, how many of us, that sounds good, we know it, we believe it, but we, we have a problem doing it, right? Just a little bit. Let, come, on, let's talk, come on, let's all confess, right? What, you know what I mean? Um, what do you what do you do when you start you know what do you do when you start worrying you know what I mean oh my God it's like it comes in your eyes it gets in your ears you know what I mean like oh you see something you're like you're freaking out and it gets a little bit odd and if you're not careful you'll you'll worry you'll worry about things that God is ready taking care of but if you don't really think about it um, you can get anxiety over some of this stuff and that's what we're talking about right? Don't be anxious or don't get anxiety over this stuff because why? God's going to make sure your needs are met, but sometimes in the middle of that thing, the right in front of your sight, you're like, you freak out. How in the world are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? How are you going to get me through that? And the next thing is the thoughts start becoming worries and then the worries start becoming troubles. And the next thing you know, man, you got stress, right? You have to learn how to stand against worry like an enemy, all right? And this thing, don't worry, because here's the thing. By worrying, you can't add anything to your life. Matthew 6, 27 says that. And I think Matthew 6, 27, 
um, is really, really going to help you see something because it says, it says in the Passion, it says, so which one of you by worry can add anything to your life? Right? You can't add nothing to your life by worrying. So here's my question. Well, then why do we do it? You know, it says forsake your worries. It says to refuse your worries. It says not to pick up worries. And Psalm 62, look at Psalms 62, 2. Psalm 62, 2. This is so strong. And I, when I read this, I was like, man, he alone, passion's great. You'll see it in Psalm 62, 2. He says, man, he says, he alone is my safe place. His wrap around presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Man, is that not good? Isn't that good stuff? He said, man, I'm not going to let worry. Worry tries to paralyze you from going forward or, 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 or even sometimes it even has you going backwards. You know what I mean? Like worry kind of knocks you in the head. Like, man, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about what I did do. Sometimes you ever do that? You ever worry about what you did do? And you're like, oh my God, I'm freaking out about this. You know, maybe I made a mistake or maybe whatever. And then you worry about the future and what you can do. So worry's working on every side of the coin trying to mess you up. Okay? So here's one of the big things we start seeing. Worry. Now write this down. It's really, it's really going to be good. We understand we have a heavenly father. Okay? That loves us. And kingdom principles are he never stops loving you. But worry sometimes allows us to lose sight of God's fatherly care. I want you to get that, okay? So God has fatherly care for his children, but worry basically let, makes me lose sight of God's fatherly care for me, okay? Now I want you to just pull that in. Just sit with that for a minute. It really, because what it does is this, it creates a level of um, problems in the arena of trust. Is that okay? And that's what it really comes down to. And I don't want you to get like discouraged, all right? I want you to kind of look at this and go like this. Like, man, it's really coming against your trust factor. Okay? It really is. That's Proverbs 3, 5, passion, right? Trust problem. Okay? Worry is breaking the trust that God already said, I'm here for you. I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. All the promises that God gave you that he said, I'm going to do all this stuff. Worry is basically saying, I don't think God's going to do it. It breaks down the trust. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Chris, I'm not really, you know, I, I trust God. Well, then why are you worrying? So you got to, you got to, you got to like sooner or later, you got to just bring it to the rubber meets the road and go, maybe my worry is based on a lack of trust. It's okay. So then what do I got to do? Proverbs three and five, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely upon your own opinions with all your heart, rely on him to guide you. He will lead you in every decision you make. Okay. You could even read five, six, and seven, become intimate with him. And whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Ain't that good? Right? So you go, 
man, I worry. Well, yeah, we worry because it's a break in the trust, okay? It's all right, but you know what it is? It starts with the, it starts with the mind. It starts with your emotions. It, worry gets in your soul. Sometimes it's like a punch in the gut, and, and it knocks the wind out of you, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? We've all been there, man. But I don't want you to get um, discouraged. You know what I mean? Because some people are professional worriers. You know what I mean? Like they worry, they worry about everything. And they say, well, you know, it's um, sometimes people, people disguise worry for uh, almost like excellence. And that might not be a good word, but you know what I mean? Like they have to be so thorough in things because they're really worried it's not going to work out that they try to mask it with this, like they just micromanage everything. They just, they overboard everything. They, they overprogram everything. They, they're too tight. But really, it, it, I'm not for a lack of excellence. Now, please let me use that word terminology smart. We want excellence. But some people mask worry and fear. And also, oh, we got to do it like this because, no, are we trusting God? You know, I just had a meeting um, with a couple guys, and I was, it was funny. I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stay in your guys' area of expertise. We are going to defer most of the time to your area of expertise. I will, will basically agree with your area of expertise. No problem. But... But period, right? Here we go. New sentence. We are not going to override what God wants to do just because of the um, wisdom of man. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're not going to go, oh, okay, God, we're not going to go for that because we're worried. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, how are we going to do that, God? And now because we got worry and fear and fret, you know what I mean? We're making decisions based upon how we know. If God said it, there ain't going to be nothing about it. We're going to do it. So we're going to always, we're gonna always use wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, but we're not going to let worry and fear and, and anxiety and any of these other things determine what decisions we're going to make based upon what God says. Does that make sense? Good. Why? Because this stuff creates fear. Okay? Look at Proverbs 29, 25. You can stay right with the passion. 29, this is a great scripture. You might want to write this down. Uh, I think this is one of the better definitions of what, what takes place. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says this. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in the high place. Amen. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. So all this worry, all this anxiety, all this stuff, all this cr crazy pressure is just a trap trying to hold you back. And you have to realize that you're going to have to overcome the worries. You're going to have to override, override the paralysis of worries. Because that's what it said in that Psalms. It says you're paralyzed by worry. That means you're stuck. You're, you ever see somebody paralyzed? They're just stuck. They ain't going nowhere. They can't go forward. They can't go backward. They can't go here. They can't go there. They're just stuck right there. Don't become paralyzed with worry. Resist it. Okay? Here's another problem. So remember this. Number one, it creates a trust problem. 
worry creates a dream. You ever, imagine, like, um, you ever see a husband and wife? Okay, now I'm going to say, I'm going to be very careful here because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But have you ever had uh, marriage problems? If you don't have trust in the arena of your marriage, you're worried. You know what I'm saying? Any relationship, okay? So relationship breakdown, even in the natural, if you're worried about your, you know, your spouse, if you're worried about your kids, if you're worried about, like even my kids, right? Like, you know, if I'm worried about my kids doing what I've asked them to do, we're gonna have a trust problem. If I'm worried about my spouse doing what we said we're gonna do, we got a trust problem. If I worried about my business partner doing what, we got a trust problem. So trust is huge. Two, it creates fear. Worry creates fear. It's big. You know what I mean? Well, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah, but the problem is this, is if worry gets in too deep, you'll be afraid before you know it, and it's going to trap you and hold you back. Fear is dangerous, man. Fear is dangerous. Fear is a spirit. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love. So there's a spirit of love. There's a spirit of power. And there's a spirit of a sound mind. God can give you settling in your mind, power in your soul and in your heart and in your spirit. And he can give you all these things because spiritually they're deposits that you can have. But if you got worry, you're going to be a problem. Here's another big problem. Okay? Worry divides your attention. Write that down. It divides your attention. Okay? What do you mean it divides your attention? It divides your attention. Okay? big so we'll talk about that in a minute so here we go right this is a big one too uh everybody's prone to worry from one degree to another we all have tendencies to be anxious and worried over issues of life stuff going on god knows this okay he knows that we're prone to worry so he's given us very logical spiritual answers to overcome this Okay, so we're going to make some general observations and then we're going to move forward, okay? I looked this up. Worry affects your, uh, basically, worry affects your physical body. It creates stress. So I'm going to give you a bunch of these, okay? Worry basically will affect a person's physical health, okay? And then I'm going to talk about the division thing in a minute. But I want to give you these. So this is crazy. So like this, it's not healthy to worry. Physically, it is not healthy to worry. The natural cause of worry is stress, anxiety. Proverbs 12, 25, and I think it's in the King James. Uh, let me look. Proverbs 12, 25. Man, this is so good, right? Um, anxiety in a man's heart. I think it is King James. If not, I'll just read what I got here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heaviness in his man, man's heart makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. I got it in this. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. You know what I mean? So if you're carrying worry, you're going to be weighed down. Okay? So here's clinical problems with worry in your life. Fatigue. Trouble sleeping at night. This is the stuff, it's, it's not good for you health-wise. I mean, I know this is like boring a little bit, like, oh, what? but isn't it as good to know? Like, I'm just telling you the physical fact, like you go to a doctor and he diagnoses this stuff 
um, you know, basically, it, it could cause uh, you to be ulcers. Um, chemically, dependency is usually based upon worry. So people are doing drugs and drinking because of worry. This is, this is diclinical. You know what I mean? I mean? I understand. Like, obviously, we know God's greater than ulcers. God's greater than indigestion, heart palpitations. That's a fear, right? A lot of this stuff can lead to alcohol dependency and drug dependency because you're worried, because you want to settle your insides. Isn't this crazy? Worry, stress. So you're going to tell me, how many Americans are affected by worry? Bro, we just came out of a pandemic. The whole world was worried. We got gas almost five bucks a gallon. Everybody's worried about the economy. We're worried about a recession. We're worried about where our, Christians are worried about where, where our country's morality is going. Come on, man. There is something to pick up every single minute of the day. If you're not careful, this thing will slip in and weigh you down. Okay? One of the things that worry does too is this. This is a big one too. Uh, worry... Worry can choke the word of God. It chokes the message of God's word in our lives. Okay? That was the parable of the sower. Remember that? Mark chapter 4. You want to see it? This is good stuff. Mark chapter 4. And we could read um, 18. Mark 4, 18. King James is great. Worry chokes out God's message. The word of God in our lives gets choked out. Hope gets choked out by worry. Did you know this? Worry chokes out hope. Worry chokes out the word of God. Worry, worry, the, the God anxiety will choke the word of God and create it to be unfruitful, even though it's the only thing that could change your life. Look what it says in verse four, Mark 4, 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. How many of you heard the word? Heard the word. And the cares of this world. How many got care? Deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things. Enter in. Care. Chokes the word of God and it becomes what? Unfruitful. See that word care? You see that right there? Watch this. That word care. Watch this. In the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Classic says, then the cares and anxieties of the world. Let them see that. It's the AMPC plus. It's good stuff. I don't know. I get this on the fly sometimes. You know, me and Grant are doing a good job over here. We're like, where are you going to get this one from? Who knows, man? Heaven. This is what happens when you got it in you. You know, and I just go find, I grab it, you know, and then I, I, I like, I know it's going to say, I know that the Amplified is going to say anxieties. It's going to overexpound it. It's going to make more sense. I didn't know what all of it says, but check this out. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and the delight of false glamour, deceitfulness of riches, and you know what? The craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word of God and it becomes unfruitful. How about that one? For How about that? So now check this out, right? This is what this is saying. You're in life and you're going through life and maybe you got a problem, okay? Or maybe you got an obstacle or maybe you got a care or maybe you got a worry. Maybe you got a fear. Maybe you got something and you believe in God, right? 
Now here comes hope from the word, right? Here comes hope. Pastor Chris, here comes hope for your healing. Here comes hope for your financial deliverance. Here comes hope for your peace of mind. Here comes hope, successful hope for you. I go, great. But then watch what happens. Care comes in and chokes the hope from the word. So you go, yeah, but my problems are so big. What's that word going to do? My God, my marriage is so messed up. What can that word do? Oh my God, my finances are so jacked up. What can that word do? I got so much debt. What could that little word do? I got so many problems. What could that little, you see it? And now it's choking the word. What, what choked it though? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Why? Because now I can't even grab on hope because care came in and choked it. The cares of the world. Choke the word of God and make it of none effect. Big, right? Here's a big one. Write this down. You're going to love this one. Um, uh, this one's kind of scary. Worry produces a complaining spirit and it distracts you from the devotion to Jesus. Worry produces a complaining spirit and a distraction. Crazy, ain't it? Complaining spirit. You remember the children of Israel, right? What happened? They got afraid about going into promised land because they were worried. That's all Numbers 23 is about. They were worried. They looked. They said, oh, we went. There's giants. There's problems. Walled cities. What, we are, we're only grasshoppers. So what they do? They start complaining. They complained all the way from Egypt to the promised land and complained their way out of the promised land. Oh, man, it was better for us in Egypt. Oh, man, it was better eating manna. Oh, man, it was better doing this. Oh, man, it was better. Did you bring us out here to die? Worry produces a complaining spirit, and it distracts you. Worry, too much worry, distracts you from your, from your covenant devotion to God. That's true. A great example is that. You know? You see that with Mary and Martha in Luke 10. You know? Um, Mary was at the feet of Jesus listening to him, and you see the proper position of devotion, yet Martha was stressed out, running all over the place. Jesus lovingly admonished her that she was anxious and troubled about too many things. Look at, look at Luke 10, 40. Read it, in, we can read it, and it's fine to read it in the King James, but you know. We can read it in the Passion. Let's read it in the Passion. It sounds even better. You know? Mary, Mary is like, hey, I'm in the devotion of God. Martha's like, I'm in the work. Jesus lovingly admonished her and said, hey, look, maybe you should not be so distracted and preoccupied and be more focused on your devotion to me. You got so much care, it's robbing you of devotions to me. And you see it in the Passion in Luke 10, 40. It says, but Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me alone to do all the work by myself? You should go tell her, get up and help me. The Lord answered, said, Martha, my beloved Martha, 
Why are you upset and troubled and pulled away by all these distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important. By choosing to sit at my feet, she is undistracted. And I what? I won't take this privilege from her. Man, is that good or what? How many distractions you got because you're worried about, I got to get this done and I got to get that done and I got to go do this and I got to go to, I'm a, I, 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 I get like this sometimes, you know, like, oh man, I got to go do this and oh, I got to go do that and oh, I got to do this and I got to go do that and oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. I mean, sometimes God will be like, well, I don't really care what you got to do. I need you to do this. And I go, okay, I'm getting a little bit better at it, but. I used to not be as, as, you know what I used to do? This is really funny. I'll, get, I'll give you something to maybe help you. I, it, used to create, um, it used to create anxiety for me, like not in, a, not in a way like where I was like, you know, freaking out, but I was very unsettled and almost it creates you to become um, touchy because it's like, well, I got to go do this and I got to go do that and I got to go do this and I got to go do that and I had all these priorities laid out and then God would try to get in, and I was like, well, I got to do this, do this, this, before I can do that. And then God would say, hey, but you know what happens is you're get, you, get, you, start getting, um, you start getting angry in, almost in the, in the environment because, man, I got to get this done now. So then what starts happening is you start, becoming a, you start having a short fuse with people because you're like, I got to get this done now. Because if I don't get this done now, it's going to backlog everything else I got to do. And God just put it on pause and just said, hey, stop living, stop living a hurried life. You know? Stop living a hurried life. Live an unhurried life. How do you do that? Well, you just go, okay, this is, where I, this is some stuff. I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And then you kind of have, you, can, you don't have all that bent up energy because you're so in a race to get it done. Does that make sense? Like you just go, oh, okay. Now, I understand you got to be places and you got to do things and you got to do this and you got to do that. But some of this stuff isn't really stuff that you have to be at. It's stuff that you've created yourself to be at. Does it make sense? Like you're like, oh, I got to do it. Well, who said you got to do all that? Put priority, prioritize what needs to be first. Put first things first and let's go. Here's another one. Ready? Worry is like having a divided mind, okay? The original Greek word for worry is, uh, is uh, mir- mirimano. Stress stresses the action and the effects of worry. What does that mean? It stresses the action and the effects of worry. Worry simply means to divide or distract. That's what worry does. It divides you or distracts you. It's becoming so preoccupied with temporal things of life, you can actually lose proper focus of God. That's what it is. You can become so preoccupied with the temporal things of life that you actually lose proper focus of God. Basically, you could forget God even exists in your life and situations because you have basically gotten so distracted, you don't even know what's going on. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You ever see somebody so like shook or messed up or just going through or have mind dealing 
you know, if you, if you, if, if you at your worst moment in life, you know, like when you think everything's like just shot out, where do you think God is in this? You know what I'm saying? People ain't thinking that when they got married problems or life problems or doctor, right? You go to doctor, doctor gives you this report and you say, where do you think God is in all this? Where do you think God is in the middle? Got people going, thinking about not being together anymore. I just heard a story the other day. No, nobody around here, you know, but they're like, oh, they might not make it as a couple. And you think, where, is, where do you think God is? And he didn't go nowhere. Where do you think God is in this whole scenario of your life? You know what I mean? Have you ever, lost, have you, have you ever gotten so far gone you almost forgot about God even though he lives in you? We all have. Because this worry has become so much a forefront of our life, a fixation of our life in the moment. Like, we can't even see God. It's like we just got one track mind, right? Are you, are you thinking God's not in the midst of the worry? Sure he is. Are you thinking God's not in the midst of the trouble? Sure he is. Do you not think God is in the midst of the madness? Sure he is. But what happens when we worry? We get distracted and we take our focus off of even finding God in it and all we do is look at the problem. You need to remind yourself that God is there all the time, okay? And I get it. Now here's a big one, right? Here's another one. Well, how do I properly discern or differentiate between proper concern and worry. Great word. Shut up. Well, should I not have any concerns in the world, Pastor Chris? Jeez, do we just fly out of the seat of our pants and just whatever? That's not what I'm saying. Worry is never to be confused with diligent care and concern towards responsibility. Okay? Okay? There are legitimate concerns and legitimate needs, but worry is to not be equated at all in the planning of your future. You need to eradicate it. You got to make plans. You got to prepare. You got to like, you know, I think like what people are saying is this, like, there's nothing wrong with preparing for your future. There's nothing wrong with being smart. There's nothing wrong with developing a God-honoring plan. There's nothing wrong with trying to keep away from potential adversity that might happen. But you can't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like, I can remember, like, taking trips, right? Like, I went overseas a lot of times. And you're, like, in the back of your head, you're like, man, this could go, this could go sideways real quick because you're in a third-world country I remember we went to the Congo, okay? So now the Congo, whenever you go to the Congo, it was very volatile. Like, they're literally like, you could be here, and literally, if there's a, a, a problem, you might not get out. Like, this is not like COVID. This is like a war. Like, you might not get out of the Congo. So I'm going, okay. So now, in the back of your head, you're going, what if I get in, can I get out? So you don't think in the back of your head, you're thinking like, whoa, okay, this could be potential, there could be potential problems and adversity here. So what do you do? You plan the best you can, okay? You do everything you possibly can, but here's the big thing. You can't now become overly focused with worry. You get on a plane and you're freaking, what if something goes wrong? What if something goes wrong? What if something goes wrong? Can you imagine when you get there? You'd be a nervous wreck. 
you you got to have common sense, guys. That's not what I'm saying. you got to prepare for your future. Should I not worry about my retirement? Yes. You should plan for your retirement, but you should not be worried about your retirement. You should plan for your future, but you should not be worried about your future. you got to know God and trust God. Here's the thing. Uh, you got to be careful that you don't overly focus on things and pay too much attention to the wrong things in your future and understand that God is never absent from any of your situations, but he is in the midst of them trying to help you overcome. So let's just say somebody lost his job, right? Yeah, if you lost your job, you should, be literally, uh, you should have a legitimate concern that how am I going to provide for my family, okay? What's the, what's the motivation? You should need to start looking for another job, right? You don't think there's going to be a temptation for that guy to get worried? Sure there is. All of us have been in some sort of similar situation, but here's the thing. Normal concern can become anxious fret if you're not careful. So what do we do? We pray, we put some action to go get a job, and we thank God for the job we're going to get. We got to be careful because every single legitimate concern can become a temptation to worry and open the door to sin. Okay? We're overcome by worry. We're overcome by anxiety. We're overcome with crazy thoughts. We become so focused on cares and concerns. We lose God in the picture. Okay? So here's a big one. Well, how do I, how do I recognize the difference between concern and worry? That's a good question, ain't it? Kind of like a safeguard. Like, how do I, Pastor Chris, this is great. Think, okay, now stop, pause. I, I'm, I'm a little bit older than some of the guys in here, right? All right. I remember being a kid, and we had like a gas, gas shortage. That was like, I think it was in the 80s. You know what I mean? I think it was like in the 80s. We had a gas, we were like, oh God, you can only get gas every other day or something. Some of you remember that. Some of the people I know lived cl really close to the depression, okay? My grandfather lived through the depression. So like everyone, he, he would talk a little bit about it, right? Some of you have experienced the depression. These kids haven't seen no depression, right? You experienced something, right? You've experienced something. You've lost a job. You went through a divorce. You had lack. You went bankrupt. Something you went through, right? Okay. So now you're looking at a world right now, this pandemic, no one's seen this. No one's seen this. We lived through it, right? Everybody was... Uh, anxious, worried. You weren't worried when this thing hit? Like, not freaking out, but, oh my God, is the world going to fall apart? Is everybody going to get sick? It was devastating, let's be honest, right? So what's the difference between normal concern and frantic worry, or whatever you want to call it? Normal concern is accompanied by a trust in God and a faithfulness of God in the midst of your problems. So it's what? It's normal concern is this. It's here. I got to get a job. But I'm trusting God to get one. And I'm going to know his faithfulness is going to prevail. Okay? In normal concern, you still have inner peace. Inner peace is achieved by what? Not picking up worry and care and fret and all this other stuff. In normal concern, you're still going to have inner peace. 
for you know God is at work and he's going to provide for my future needs. That was what we read right in Matthew. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today will take care of itself. What good is worrying going to do for you? Worry is only focused on the problem and never really looks towards the solution. It becomes filled with anxiety, panic, and fear. In other words, when you worry, there's a loss of hope and a loss of trust in God. So you're not, and you ever have like a pity party of worry? Like you just get mad? Right? You ever been there? Like you almost want to have a flesh fit? You know, you're like, you mad? Like, ah, God, you don't care about me. You don't have like almost like, I don't want to say you want to be a baby, but you want to be a baby. You know what I mean? You, get, you ever get there? You ever get so frustrated in the waiting, you just get mad? Just want to yell a little bit? God told us in Matthew chapter six, remember he said, hey man, don't be anxious about it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried, right? You got legitimate needs, but guess what? I'll take care of your necessities. I'll take care of your needs and your wants. Jesus doesn't want his followers to be overcome with worry and anxiety over legitimate needs and concerns. He goes on to tell us what? I got you. Don't worry about it. I don't want me and you to lose sight of God's fatherly care. That is the biggest thing um, that I think we got to worry about. Don't lose, like, right, that's so weird. Don't, what do I got to worry about? You told me not to worry. You know what I mean? Well, the positive side of worry is this. Meaning, like, is there a positive side? Yeah. Make sure you worry that you don't lose sight of God in this thing. This is me playing around with you. But you get what I'm saying? Like, you don't worry about nothing, but just don't lose sight of God. Because if you lose sight of God, man, worry is, worry, worry is worthless. It's futile and unproductive. It's a waste of energy. That's all it is. It's reverse. Worry is like the reverse uh, uh, of faith, kind of like in a way. You know what I mean? Because it's connected to fear. And the reciprocal of faith is fear. So worry has grabbed on to that level of that. In other words, worry is a waste of energy. It cannot change anything. That's why it's useless. Worry can't change anything. That's why God said, what good is worrying going to do? Because worry does not have the ability to change anything, it's a waste of time. Okay? You can get anxious thoughts. You could sit, sit around and get mopey, right? You can do whatever you want to do. Bottom line is this. Is if you keep worrying, you're in trouble. Because why? You got to cast all your cares and anxieties on him because he cares for you. And sometimes you got to ask yourself the question is this. Worry, sometimes, and a lot of times, it's really connected to a faith problem. That's what it really gets connected to. And you see this in Matthew 6, 28. You want to look there? Let's look at Matthew 6, 28. And you look at Matthew 6, 28, it makes a lot of sense. Because he says, uh, he's really, he, he calls him out. And he says, man, he goes, e. he goes, in King James, he says, man, you got to be careful. You're worrying. In verse 30, Matthew 6, 30, we could just jump right there for time's sake. We're kind of running out of time here. He says this. You can put it in King James or whatever you want. It says, um, he says, oh, it says, even though you live with such little faith. So if God has closed the meadow, I went with that one, but King James is fine. You got it in King James? We're reading King James. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, 
Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He's saying, man, it's a faith problem. Jesus clearly tells us that a heart full of worry is a heart full of little faith. Okay? Now, I'm not picking on you, and I'm not trying to give you a hard time, but what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to say, hey, look, man, the reality is this, and this will hit, hit home, right? When you're anxious about clothing, when you consider the things that are going on, when you're worried about where the food's going to be, didn't the children of Israel do this? How are we going to eat out in the middle of the desert? I got you. How are we going to get water? I got you. I got a rock following you. How are we going to have our needs met? I got you. He, he, Jesus even made sure their clothes didn't wear out. God did. They came out of there none feeble, and their clothes didn't wear out. So God gave them supernatural clothing. Come on. Supernatural provision. Supernatural sustenance. Supernatural supply. Supernatural ability. And then over here, you're over there. How are you going to do it? He said, he didn't say you had no faith, but sometimes you're coming in and out of faith. You know what I'm saying? The antidote for worry and anxiety is unwavering trust in God and his fatherly ability to care for me and you. Unwavering trust in God and his fatherly care to take care of me and you. This is, this is one of the most important things you can get. God is not going to stop the problems. They come from the enemy, okay? But here's the bottom line. He will make sure he has a solution for those problems, okay? You know this, man. He said he's going to supply all your needs. So how, do we, so how do we overcome habitual worry, okay? Okay? You can't just, like, slam it, like, oh, you got no faith, you got no this. We have to understand this. It's faith, confidence, and trust in our Heavenly Father, okay? Big, big. As you believe in God's promises, as you believe in God's word, as you believe in what God has said, and you resist the devil's temptation to get worried and find a place of refuge in God, your heart will start to become stabilized in beliefs on God's word, okay? Then you will be saved from these unnecessary worries and anxious thoughts, okay? This is big, okay? This is huge. This is huge. I heard a story where a guy even said this. Um, you know, somebody had gone through this. They had very anxious thoughts about their future. They didn't know where their future was going. How he was, it was a story about somebody just went through a, a really tough time in life. And they said, man, I don't know where my future's going. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know what's going to happen to my kids. I don't know what's going to happen to my family. And several months ago into this, um, anxious hopeless thoughts and, and, and not seeing God's faithfulness, um, this person said they started to reflect upon many ways God was faithful in the past and God was faithful to them in the past and it pointed them towards God's faithfulness in the future. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. We don't see how we can be the father of many nations. We don't see how she considered the past faithfulness of God and then they thought about him and he did take us out in Genesis, Ur of the Chaldees, right? We did tell you to a land. He did do what he said. And when you start, this person started thinking about the many ways God had blessed them and been faithful to them and their family in previous situations. So he started understanding that he could be present in their future things because of what he did in the past. When you start reflecting upon 
how good God has been faithful to you, you will start discovering how good God can faithfully be in the future. And in Isaiah 26.3 says this, Isaiah 26.3 says, he will keep you in perfect peace if you can keep your mind stayed upon him. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in thee. He trusteth in you, amen? Praise the Lord, man. Listen, we're gonna talk about this again next Wednesday. Uh, we'll be live for IMA. Couple Wednesdays in the month, I want to talk to you about how to have worthless worry be destroyed in your life. I promise you, I think this series will be life changing. A lot of stuff going on outside. This is going to be something we could come back to, pick up some pieces, and go, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that they're overcoming worry in every area of their life. They're overcoming the obstacles of life. They're overcoming the problems of life. And they're st stepping into a trust of God greater than ever before, stepping into a place of faith maybe they've never seen before, and walking in victory in areas they've never had before. Father, I thank you for blessing them and keeping keeping them and watching over them all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Guys, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're in the house. I am a... There's a link. We should put a link up. Let's put a link up. I just decided to put a link. There's going to be a link right there. Click the link. Register today. I am a, well, I'm not a preacher. It isn't for just preachers. Well, I'm not a believer. Well, it's for everybody. Lost people, saved people, sanctified people, Holy Ghost filled people. It's for everybody. Why? We're coming together in the power and presence of God to see your life change. I am a. Next Wednesday, 13, 14, 15, Thursday, Friday, three days, power pack, 7 p.m. We've been waiting, we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been believing. We are expecting God to move supernaturally, and don't you miss it. Don't miss it. The nights are ready for you. Come all three, I'll go Friday. No, get in here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and be ready to see God move in your life like maybe never before. We love you. God bless you. And I'll see you Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.